morning everybody welcome to my little live stream from the ocean uh rob better how are you gh i'm good i think the spring allergies have begun because my my eye i'm 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 putting my hat on a little lower today because my eye is uh is a bit puffy and swollen and itchy something is blooming out here i know there's a tiny teeny weeny yellow flower that blooms and drives me nuts in early spring out here so i think that's what's going on doggy sees uh doggy sees some deer and you oh wait there's a deer right there yeah man they start the day uh kind of walking on the beach checking out for some stuff and then they go hide for the whole day i don't know where all these deer go during the day it's really weird but at night when the sun's coming down coming back from town on our lazy dirt road, you'll see deer all over the place. And then during the day, you're like, where are where are all these deer? Where do they stay? Let's say hi to Pat Duffy. What's up, Pat? How are you, brother? It's been a minute. Good morning. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm just waking up. I got puffy eyes. So something out here is getting me going. I hate the spring allergies. Well... I got to tell you, I'm jealous because I'm currently going over, you know, the mountain entering uh, Monday morning traffic. I haven't talked to you in a minute. I was thinking about you the other day because don't you get a lot of overtime when it snows and you're out there with a plow? Yeah, and, and this this year was practically non-existent. And Is it? I work, you know, I've been there for I've been where I'm at for close to nine years, and I had the old like salty vets say that this is the worst winter they've ever seen. Guys that have been there for like 20, 25 years, so. It was but terrible. The, but don't blame it on the climate change. Don't blame it on the flat no, earth. Don't blame it on the Loch Ness Monster. Don't blame it on the fact that we never landed on the moon. It just well, happens. Well, the problem is, is that I th those are all of my reasons why I blame it anyway. Right. So any problem in my life, I usually blame on either the Loch Ness Monster or the flat earth. I, I, so. I'm with you on that. I like that. Oh, and Bigfoot, yeah. of course. Well, of course, obviously, yeah. Of course, the Bigfoot, you know, that, that's yeah. the, that's the new one that's uh, taken off more and more. But we haven't found one stupid skeleton. We, we can find. Oh, we could find fossils from millions upon millions of years ago, but we can't find one lousy Bigfoot fucking skeleton. Shut well, up. You want, you want to hear my Bigfoot theory? Mm -hmm. So I, I am a firm believer in Bigfoot. And wait, you I believe just, in the Bigfoot? I do believe in the Bigfoot. All right. And then the reason that I believe in the Bigfoot is because there are these insane, vast, un uninhabited uh, stretches of the Pacific Northwest in Canada where it would be extremely easy for the Bigfoot to exist and to be undetected for so long. And then there's two theories to the Bigfoot. The one more grounded in reality is that the Bigfoot are smarter than we think that they are, and they have rituals in which... And when a Bigfoot dies, they either eat the corpse or they bury it. Well, and so, which is why we never found one. And then the other theory, which is way off the wall, which you can credit to my youth of listening to Art Bell on Coast to Coast, is that uh, YouTube, uh, YouTube idiot. Bigfoot is a 
interdimensional being, which can Whoa. slip in it, which can slip in and out of one of the and one of the many parallel universes. So if and when you see a Bigfoot, it's because he's decided to slip onto this plane of existence for a moment. I like that theory. <laughs> that I like. Yeah. I, I, I could roll with that for a little while. Yeah. The other one with the rituals and the burying, I, I mean, sure, to a point. And I know, I know there's, uh, th- there's a lot of land that uh, we really haven't explored fully. So there's a possibility there might be a Bigfoot or some other kind of creatures in there that that we haven't discovered yet. I'm sure before we discovered it, uh, like elephants, let's just say, I'm sure, right. I'm sure humans thought that was some kind of Bigfoot until it just oh. became more of the norm, right? Exactly. Imagine the first guy to see, you know, an elephant. He pro- it was this giant gray monster. Right. And, you know, he probably, they had to invent the word elephant. So, you know, they have to see one first. Right. So, but I, you know, I like the idea of a big, I just, I think it's fun to believe in a Bigfoot because it's like, you know, I just like to imagine that things like that could exist. You know? Yeah, it would make life a little more interesting because life's getting a little, just a little weird. Oh, oof. This has been a, this has been a rough year for me, man. It's every day life gets weird, so it is what it is. But you know, you what, just got to keep going. What what made this uh, year rough for you there, uh, Pat Duffy? Uh, well, I don't know if you remember uh, when we did that first live uh, hangout at Gebhardt's. I told you that I thought my dog had died. Yeah. Uh, when I, uh, well, my dog ended up passing away uh, the beginning of this month. So, Sorry about that. Yeah, I mean, 14 and a half years for a black lab. He was living on borrowed time, and he had a great life. But it's, uh, you know, it, there's that, and then there was no winter. It, it's just, so far, 23 has not been my year, you know? So yeah, hopefully it, it can turn around. No, because you you pay a month or two of your mortgage from the overtime from uh, getting in that plow for the snowstorms. It is what it is. It's nobody's fault. It just happens. Yeah, I, uh, you know, you know, my I got small. Well, not small kids anymore. My son is about a little over a month away from being a teenager. That's just crazy. I remember the day I said I was going to be a father. But anyway, and my daughter, and my daughter's ten, and yeah, I mean they understand obviously, but you know, in a ten-year-old's mind, there's things that are incredibly important to them. And one of those oh, yeah. things was going sledding in the winter. And and right. it, it, it got so sad. A couple of weeks ago, we had kind of flurries in the city. We, we yeah. had I, – I don't know where people live, obviously, but where we live in the city, uh, there was no significant snowstorm uh, this year at all. A couple, a couple days with some flurries. One day where it almost stuck and it was sort of uh, starting to cover the ground. And she would look out the window like, can we go – she just wanted to go sledding, and we, and we yeah. simply couldn't get that done. And, right, and it no. really bummed her out because to her, you know, there's, I don't know, 10 things she really gives a shit about. And, the, right. and one of them is sledding in the winter with dad. Right, exactly. And, you know, it's, it's funny that you bring up, like, the one of the 10 things that you give a shit about. Like, I, I was – you know how when you, when you first have kids, everybody gives you advice and – uh, my the one of the pieces of advice that I was given was that like no matter how dumb it seems to you, if it's important to your kid, you got to treat it like it's important, right? And which like is is a lot easier with my five year old, but my my also a month away from being a teenager daughter, like I have a hard time finding anything that she wants me to give a shit. Yeah, I, I find it really hard to be important, right? Like, and it's just like it's like no, I'm you know I'm really sorry that you don't have enough fidgets. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I, I get it. But yeah. my my wife had to teach me that lesson though about how 
to a kid, it's way more important than you looking at in as an adult. I remember like my son or something, I don't know, some Lego thing would fall on the floor and break. And it was like, it was the most tragic thing in the world to him. And I'm, right. I'm, I, I almost want to be like, get over it. And my wife's like, no, you don't, you don't understand. That's like, yeah. remember that she goes, remember the time that you dropped your phone in the ocean. I dropped it on the shoreline and watched a wave grab yeah. it and pull it into the ocean. And then right. I spent the next three or four hours trying to uh, uh, find the damn thing. I never found it. I was depressed because I lost so much stuff because I didn't have uh, a lot of stuff backed up on that phone. She goes, remember that time? I go, yeah. She goes, this is exactly how he's feeling about this thing, this this toy breaking or whatever. And I, I, right. And I had one of those aha moments like, ah, all right, I get it exactly and then and then and then you do everything in your in your power to fix that lego thing like my uh my little one just got like she's really into jojo siwa which mm-hmm. i don't know if you know who that is but it's like the most annoying possible girl in the entire world she's but the my, one with she's the one with the ribbons yes oh and i have a whole jojo siwa bow wall for my little one but that's yeah. beside the point so she got this battery operated like mood lamp that says jojo siwa and of course, my five-year-old just runs it nonstop till the battery runs out. But it takes those little tiny disc batteries. Yeah, and it was there. It was out of batteries when she was going to sleep, and she was having a meltdown. And I'm like, "It's fine, it's fine, it's not a big deal." And there I am, 45 minutes later at Walgreens buying batteries to make sure that this stupid thing stays on <laughs> all night. You know, and then I'm looking up how to convert it so I can plug it into the wall so I don't have to do that again. But it's just one of those things, you know. If it's important to her. It's got to be important to you. So I get it. Yeah, I, I fully get it. Um, so you know that it was a year ago we went to opening day at the at the Yankees. Yeah, I'll be there Thursday if you want to come come stop by. Ooh, I think I'm yeah. gonna still be out here. I've been out here ten days. The kids have two weeks off, and uh, we just we we came out here and just settled in, man. It's yeah. been uh, it's yeah. been absolutely awesome. Watching a lot of movies. Uh, just yeah. uh, I, I I set up the ping pong table on our dining room table. It's right. a small. It's a small version of ping pong, but we're having a blast doing that. Oh, we awesome. watched uh, Groundhog Day last night. The kids liked that one. Nice. I, we've been you turning know? them on to movies. You know, between, oh. me and my wife have an age difference, so I'm turning them on to movies that I liked growing, not growing up or whatever in my formative yeah. years. And and my wife's doing the same thing. And so far, man, they're digging it. Like we're going through all the Adam Sandler movies. Oh, nice. We, we just started the whole Star Wars uh, uh, series because my oh, son, awesome. my son finally said, "All right, Dad, I'm ready for Star Wars." Because to him, if it's not Marvel, he doesn't want to watch. But he finally is like, "Yeah, let's watch the Star Wars movies." They're so, not that. They're not that good. No, they're terrible. Those are awful movies. Well, the funny <laughs> the funny thing is, on Disney Plus, they'll tell you the order to watch the movies. Right, right. They want you to do four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, nine. I think that's the order four and five were terrible movies and and those are later on obviously in the in the franchise right i i I gave it a shot because when i was a kid my friends were into it and like i remember when the special edition came out in theaters like when lucas went in and like messed with all his stuff yeah i I went and saw it and i was like i don't get the hype i just no but you know it's funny you bring up watching movies with your wife that you're like showing like my wife, I, I don't know how to describe my wife quickly, but my wife is very particular in what she likes. And my wife does not like very immature things. I don't know why she married me, but that's beside the point. <laughs> right. And 
we were like a couple weeks ago we were trying to figure out a movie she wanted to watch and i was like put on whatever you want and i was and I, I like went the down the kitchen and came back like five minutes later and she was watching son-in-law with paulie shore oh my god and i looked at her and i was like who are you right like I, like I, like i would never in my life imagine you to like paulie shore and she goes she goes i watched this movie when i was a kid i love this movie and I watched, I watched that movie. I, I hadn't seen it in 20-something years. And she was watching that movie like it was Goodfellas. Right. She was, she was quoting it, and she was like, she was so into it. And it was this weird little side of my wife that I hadn't seen. And since then, I've been showing her, like, my immature picks. Like, we watched Ace Ventura. Sure. And, you know, and we were watching, like, Dumb and Dumber and stuff like that. And we were just laughing our asses off. And I was like, you know, you're with somebody for so long, and then all of a sudden you discover this other part of them. And you're like... You know, it's a whole new world. So now we're I watching mean, all these terrible movies together, and I like it. I, I mean, Paulie Shore, he had success with those movies, but I, God, I hated oh, no. Paulie no. Shore movies. No. I hated them. <laughs> well, I had to take a step back and put that aside because I feel the same way. Right. And I was just like, I was like, if you just look at this like a dumb movie, you can enjoy it, you know? But, oh, it was, it was not. But I also enjoyed it just watching how much my wife enjoyed it. So, I, you know, it was all right. I like reciting uh, movie lines to my kids before they oh, happen because yeah. they get so excited. Because I've seen Groundhog Day no right. less than 20 times over the years. I mean, I think right. the movie came out in 93. That movie's 30 years old. Holy crap. Yeah. And all, I just kept reciting, and it's Groundhog Day, so they do the same fucking scene over and over again, especially <laughs> in the beginning of the movie. Right. And that's the scene where he steps in the puddle, and uh, and Ned Ryerson goes, so that first step is uh, – Doozy. <laughs> I that over. And finally, my son, you know, oh, he's, yeah. he's starting to act like a teenager. He's like, shut up, dad. Yeah, I know. I tried shut to up. Like, we I get to... it. Wow. So the Yankees uh, opening day is Thursday, right? You said? Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to tell you. So you said it was a year since we went. Dude, I remember I asked you to go to that. And I like, and I was like, all right, this would be a good time. Like, I've never in my life had any kind of hiccup getting into Yankee Stadium or nothing. So I finally meet up with you up with my parents. Like, I was like, this is going to be a cool day. It took us two hours to get inside. And yeah. then over an hour to get to our seats. Like, we didn't sit down at that game until, like, the third inning. Terrible. Like, I've never had that experience going to a Yankee game before. I, uh, I told that exact story uh, a few days ago. I was like, man, Pat Duffy, you know, invited me to opening day last year. And I, I – you know what I said – Never again. I, <laughs> the only thing that made that cool was that I like hanging out with you. We don't hang out right. enough. And right. your dad is and mom are cool as shit. So yeah. that part was awesome. I mean, just take that away. That Of course, that's awesome. Yeah. But I'd rather yeah. do that at, at an Applebee's at this point. Absolutely. No. And, so, and the only reason I'm going to opening day is that I have not missed an opening day since 1992. That's crazy. Uh, we got there at a decent right. time. It took, uh, like you said, it took pretty much two hours to get in the game. And everyone's like, the, the game has started. That's the reason we're here. It's not our problem that your security sucks. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we got in. You're yeah, right. I think that, we sat down around the third inning. Then, you know, we breathe. We look around like, oh, these are cool seats. I, I got a nice upgrade from, uh, from my ticket lady friend that works at Yankee Stadium. I think fifth inning, we're like, let's go get some – no, we got beers right away, but let's get something to eat. They yeah. already ran out of food because it was a full stadium. And yeah. then um, 
by the time we got back to our seats, it was the seventh inning. And I, I look at you like, dude, I'm out of here. Yeah, I know. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not spending two hours getting out of this stadium. Yeah, and we were hanging out and like, you know, we were just, we were bullshitting and talking and hanging out. And then it was like, but before I even realized, it was like, oh, you got to go. All right. Right. You know, like it was, but I mean, I understood, like, we didn't stay much longer than that. Like, it was a pretty close game. And we stayed till it was like, like, uh, I don't know, maybe a half an inning left. And I know that that's like sacrilege, but it's the same thing. Like, I got to drive back to New Jersey. Uh, Let me dude. out of here. I, I love the people. I've, I've left a lot of sporting events and everyone starts waving at you. Bye, bye. Yeah. Oh, you're going to beat the traffic. And I'm yeah, like, exactly. yep, that's right. Yeah. I am. I'll, yeah, I'll be home forward. and you'll be beeping on the horn and, and having road rage because exactly. you needed yeah. to yeah. see every single play of the game. And, yeah, I, and a lot forward. of times, a lot of times I leave when the game is, is it's pretty much done. Yeah. 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 If it's a really close game and the, and the game matters, of course I'll sit to the end, but Oh, you leave it early. I'm like, go after yourself. We got another super chat coming in. The, the thing with me there, Pat Duffy, super chats, they go right to the yeah. front of the line because then I can make right. a few bucks doing this. Fair so much. let me ask Pasquale, and I read him cold. Uh, yeah. Opie, how annoying was it listening to Norton complain about his diet and exercise routine on a daily basis? As a yeah. listener, it was cringe. <laughs> I'll tell you, the only thing I have to add to that was, I never, I never had any any personal issues with Jim. I always thought he was very nice. Jim and I shared the same similar musical taste. But I remember Jim used to eat egg white and turkey with broccoli omelets. Yeah, and I, and I just remember you said I had to go get those for him, and I would order them. And even the guy at the deli would be like, "Who was eating that?" Yeah, like it was, And I remember trying one one time, and I was like, "Yeah, this is food. It's the most bland thing I've ever eaten in my entire life." But and then I just imagine it just made him fart the whole time. Like, oh, yeah. He, yeah. And he, was, he, he loved farting in front of everybody on a regular basis. It just, right. oh, God. I, I, look, man, I don't miss that world, Pat Duffy. You know more than most. I don't miss that world, my friend. No, I, I don't miss it either. It, you know, there are, there are, it's, it's the same thing. It's like getting out of an abusive relationship. Like, you remember it's the time you guys had a good time, but you don't really think about the, the terrible times. You know, it, and it, it is what it is. Like, I remember those days. Like, I, And then I remember all the fun times that we had and all the and all the people that I got to meet. And then it's like what I forget about is waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning to get on the PATH train, you know, to go into Jersey City, into, into New York and all that. And, like, all that, that serious grind of it and how miserable it was. And then, you know, you don't, you don't think about that part. You just keep, you like the sugar on top, not the filling. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. I hear you. Yeah. Uh, one other thing. So uh, the pitch clock in baseball. Uh, yes, yes, the pitch clock. I'm a big fan of the pitch clock. I think it's going to bring me back to baseball. You know, I'll be honest. I, I was listening to uh, Howard Stern. Um, I know. Well, no, I, I admitted this like a while ago. Like, I like I like his interviews. I like some of the interviews he does, and he's and he's talking to people that I'm interested in. So. I heard that he um, interviewed Reggie Jackson. You, oh, you, okay. you have to love Reggie Jackson. Yeah, I, I love Reggie. Yeah. And they, and uh, he was asked about the pitch clock, and he's all for it. And most of the most of the uh, people in baseball are are for it. And he's like, "Look, man, when when I was playing, I got in the batter's box and I hit. 
I didn't step yeah. out after every pitch and adjust my gloves and my belt and rub my bat right. and itch my balls and scratch my face. He goes, when I was in the batter's box, it was time to fucking hit. And he said, I rarely exactly. stepped out of the box. And he's like, you know, and then he talked about all the great pick, uh, pitchers from the past that could that could pitch nine innings within two hours. He's like, they, they yeah, just yeah. got it done within two hours, these, these Hall of Famers. And he's like, right. these games can't be three, three and a half hours long. Right. It, it, the pitch clock is uh, – here's the thing. Baseball – no one, no, they're not going to get any new views. Oh, you went out right. Th this was the only question I wanted to ask Pat Duffy was about the pitch clock because he really knows his baseball. Literally the only thing I wanted to talk to him about. That's all right. I don't think Pat's coming back. Um, but uh, we, we'll have him back on to talk about the pitch clock. But it's definitely bringing me, bringing me, excuse me, back to baseball. The only thing I was going to say to Pat is the only adjustment I would maybe make is for the playoffs, maybe you, you get rid of the, the, the pitch clock because those games have always been incredibly exciting. Back in the day, way back in the day, I was just a young lad starting out on radio. I was working in Buffalo, New York, and I was uh, much younger. I was good looking. I was single. And yeah, maybe the kid uh, took advantage of the fact that girls called the radio station. And if you heard a, a, a sweet voice, you were distracted and you would just babble with this person while the music was playing and you would turn down the monitor um, in the studio. So we were doing a specialty weekend up there in Buffalo. It was called Pick Your Stones. It was one of these things, and, and, and it was cool because a lot of these specialty uh, shows on radio, it's all BS. You know, they have a playlist, and then if you happen to pick a song that they're going to play anyway, they'll throw your name on it, and you're like, whoa, I, I'm the reason why this song is playing right now, and you're in your car like this. No, you weren't. It was on a playlist, and, the, and you're, you called in, and it just matched up. That's all it was. But there were radio stations that were cool enough to, when they did specialty, specialty programs, excuse me, they really let people pick music. So we were doing Pick Your, uh, pick your Stones up there in Buffalo, and it was basically you could, you could request any Stone song you want, and we were told you could play it. You know, there's no, there's no playlist, whatever song, yes, deep tracks, yes, whatever they want, because I guess the Stones were coming to Buffalo. So I'm in the middle of my shift, and uh, this guy calls in. He goes, hey, oh, loving your show, you know, all that BS. And he goes, uh, can you play Star Star by the Rolling Stones? I'm like, I love that song. Yes, pick your Stones weekend. What's your favorite station? All that garbage. Oh, the Fox. I think it was the Fox back then. I never heard the song Star Star by the Rolling Stones. And a little side thing, um, the show was also being played in Buffalo that day at a giant car show at some convention center. And Mike Benson, who I love dearly, who's no longer with us and really took me under my, under his wing when I was a, a young startup, love this guy. He was the DJ on site at the car show and he had speakers on the, on the van and they were cranking the music so you could hear it all the way to the other end of the, uh, the car show. And I happened to be the DJ on so I go, yeah, man, I'll play it. Here you go. And I, I pushed play on Star Star by the Rolling Stones. 
turn down the monitor in the studio so I'm not hearing the song at all. And I go back to flirting with a, a girl on the phone. And I'm just like loving life. I'm young. I have this cool job. I'm talking to some chick. And all of a sudden, the hotline is like, eh, 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 eh. and when the hotline rang, it was always the PD or somebody with a major problem. They didn't want to bother you in general. But when that phone uh, rang, a light would go off in the studio, usually red. I'm like, what the hell? So I pick it up. I pick up the hotline. The monitor is still down. And Mike Benson goes, oh, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, what, man? Pick your stones weekend. How, how's the car show, Mike? He goes, you idiot, turn up your monitor. Because he knew I, there's no way I could hear the song. So as he's on the hotline, I turn up the monitor to hear the song by the Stones, Star, Star. It has the F word. I don't think there's a song out there that has the F word in it more than the Rolling Stones, Star, Star. Listen to that after this live stream. I panicked, man. I'm, I'm not an important person in radio yet. I, I'm not going to get away with nothing. Fast forward a bunch of years, we got away with murder. But back then, I ain't getting away with this. I saw my, my glorious career that barely began going away. I'm like, oh, my. So I hang up on the girl. I yanked the CD out of the CD player. And then I put on, like, uh, can you hear me knocking? Some safe, longer Rolling Stones song so I could breathe. Mike's like, I had, to, I had to run to the van, turn off the radio. And I'm like, eh, maybe no one noticed. Of course, the next, I hang up with Mike Benson. Now I'm in the studio just panicking as like, can you hear me knocking or whatever the next Stone song was, was playing. And I'm just staring at the light, <laughs> the light. And of course, eh, 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 it goes off again, the giant red light. It's the hotline again. It's my program director. I'll see you in my office at nine. I'm like, oh, no, no. So the whole weekend I had to wonder if I was going to get fired or not. I begged and pleaded for my gig. No lie. I'm like, I swear I never heard the song. I didn't say I was on the, on the phone with some girl. I said I had other stuff to do. So I turned the monitor down. I had to do the readings or whatever. I made up some dumb excuse and I begged. Long story short, they did not fire me, but it was the longest. It was a Saturday afternoon, I remember, and I had to wait all the way to Monday at 9 to see if I still had a gig or not. Because especially back then, one F-bomb on the radio was absolutely your job, and uh, the radio station could be fined a lot of money for one. And maybe someone could go through that song and, and count how many times they say the F-word in Star Star by the Rolling Stones. Thank you for the memory, Mike O'Donnell. I skated, but barely. I remember the PD was really mad, really mad. And I think, honestly, he, he would have fired me. But I knew he was having an affair with somebody at work. He knew I knew. So I had that in my back pocket. Not that I was going to use it, but I knew. Um, because he, <laughs> he would come to the radio station during my shift <laughs> to meet up. That's a true story. I love this guy. I'm not going to say his name. This is a million years ago. But more importantly, the GM at the time um, was Pete Coughlin. And he was, the, he was the general manager at WCMF in Rochester, where I cut my teeth with Brother Weeze. 
he was starting this station in Buffalo and he handpicked me to be part of the new team. So I went to his office next and he was so mad, but I was his guy. And he believed what I, what I was saying to him. He believed that it was an honest mistake and, and he let me slide, but man, it was close. It was really close. I did see this. I did see this. This is an incredibly tragic story coming out of uh, San Francisco. Um, there was a radio show when me and Anthony went back to, I think, K-Rock, I think. we Somewhere in the early uh, 2000s, we went back to K-Rock, and we were doing regular radio and satellite radio at the same time. <clears throat> and JV and Elvis were a, a pretty hot young show at the time. And we had, we went back and forth a little bit. I think one time our show went late and they were on after us and they were really mad that they had to wait to start their show and they went off on us. And so we had a little bit of a back and forth battle. Um, fast forward, we were totally fine with JV and Elvis. They ended up getting fired <clears throat> from, uh, from their show because they did a, uh, a radio bit. This is what drives me nuts. A radio bit, and they were imitating um, an Asian person for the bit. There was no hate in their hearts. They were just trying to entertain their audience. Whether you like that type of humor or not, it should be allowed, especially if you're, if you're, not, um, if, if you're not being a hater, let's just say. So they get fired for this. And the, and the part about the story that is so interesting is that JV uh, was married to an Asian woman and he got fired for being hateful towards the Asian community because they were doing a bit to entertain their audience, just trying to be funny and entertaining. And this is, this is what drives me nuts about, about the business I used to love. It just stinks. They don't, they don't stick up for any of their people. They, as soon as you F up, they, they don't know anything about you and they will get rid of you immediately and make believe you never existed. Try to find one clip of Opie and Anthony on, on Sirius XM. You, you're not going to find it because now they're in the stage of we don't know who those guys are. are. They, they act like we never existed. That, the, the, the business stinks. So they got fired for, the, um, for the, uh, the Asian bit, even though JV was married to an Asian woman. We ended up defending them. Um, I have defended just about every single DJ that has been fired. Uh, it's on record, even the guys I didn't like, cause I know it was complete and utter BS most of the time <clears throat> that these guys were getting fired for just who gives a crap, uh, bits long story short, JV, uh, moved, um, I guess to San Francisco. I lost touch with the guy. I had no issues with him in the end. And he was a staple, I guess, out there in San Francisco on the radio for, a, I, I think a long time. I think that's what I'm reading married he contacted a uh, lyme disease that was giving him basically hell on earth and he was pretty open about it and he talked about it and he would talk about like what it was doing to his brain so somewhere in late february uh, his wife um filed a missing persons report and um and basically said we know he's not coming home so whatever evidence she had she knew it it was not going to turn out all right that uh that 
JV was probably going to take his own life. And that was in uh, February, around February 23rd. So yesterday or two days ago, um, do you want to hear this? This is just horrible. A body washed up on um, around Pier 39 in San Francisco. And, uh, you know, they quickly realized that it was uh, JV from the JV and Elvis uh, radio show. It's, it's just a terrible terrible tragic uh story it's all over um it's all over google if you want to read up on it more but rest in peace to, to jv and obviously my thoughts and uh prayers go out to his uh his family and his friends just just a terrible story and it's it sounds like lyme disease just just wreaked havoc on his brain and his body